from long ago Bed down to earth below And to Mary whispered low Call his name Jesus Fear not the words I say God has favored you today. You shall bring forth a child and call his name Jesus. Cherish that beautiful name. Cherish that wonderful name. Cherish that matchless name. That name is Jesus. Cherish that. Wonderful name, 
cherish that matchless name that His name is wonderful, His name is wonderful, His name is wonderful, Jesus my Lord. Cherish that Cherish that wonderful name. Cherish that matchless, matchless name. That name is Jesus. Did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm a storm with his hands? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. Praises up. 
your baby boy is Lord of all creation. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect land? This leaving child you're holding is the great I am. Good afternoon, friends, and may I be one to wish you Merry Christmas and the best of New Year to come, 2023. Anyway, we are glad that you have joined us this afternoon for this very special Christmas Day worship service right here from Shades of Grace in Kingsport, Tennessee. And I pray that the music in today's service, the prayers, and everything we do will be a blessing to you. I'm going to be reading this afternoon from Luke chapter 2, the very familiar Christmas story. It came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went out to be taxed, each one to his own city. And Joseph also went up out of Galilee from the city of Nazareth into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even to Bethlehem and see this thing which the Lord has brought to pass, and the Lord has made known unto us. And so they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad 
the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, even as it was told unto them. This is the reading of the Gospel from Luke chapter 2 of the very familiar nativity of our Lord story. Now behind me right here on the shelf, we have a beautiful nativity set. I'm going to like to call attention to that today. These were given to me by a special friend a few weeks ago during Advent. Joyce gave these to me, and they're so beautiful. And it even had a more special significance to me when she told the story that this is not the original baby Jesus that came with this nativity set. If you look, these are uh, figurines that are made of a different type of material and completely different. And then when you look at the baby, this is something else made of ceramic. But she told me that somewhere in the process of time that the baby Jesus had gotten lost. Baby Jesus became separated from the rest of the nativity story. And so they found this one, they painted it, and now it is a permanent part of this beautiful collection which was given to me here at Shades of Grace. And so that has a special significance to me because, uh, you know, as we're reading the gospel stories and we read the story of Jesus, how that he was born, how that he was taken as an infant child into Egypt to save his life from the king who would seek to destroy him, and then how they returned back to Nazareth to Mary and Joseph's hometown. And then when he was 12 years old, they went to Jerusalem to the feast and how that on the return trip home about that 90 or miles or so as they were walking or traveling with a great crowd of their kinsfolk and family that Jesus became separated and became lost from them and after a couple of days of really diligent seeking and searching they found the young boy Jesus in the temple teaching about the kingdom of God and opening the scriptures to them. And his answer was, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And so there may be times in all of our lives when we somehow find ourselves separated from the baby Jesus. We find ourselves living a life that is distanced from the Lord. And we feel like we're the prodigal son in a strange country, in a world that we don't understand. But the good news of Christmas today is that, fear not, the message of the angels on that very first Christmas, for the good tidings of great joy is for everybody. It doesn't matter where you are today, how far away you may have drifted, or how far from the scene you feel that Jesus has been removed. You may feel like, I'm not close to the Lord. The Lord is so far away from me. But I want to tell you the story of Christmas affirms to us that Jesus Christ is God with us, Emmanuel, and he will not leave us 
nor forsake us, even in such a time as this. So this nativity scene really means something to me, and it's just beautiful, and I think we can all learn a lesson from that, that even though we might somehow lose sight of Jesus, we're never going to lose Jesus because he's always going to show up right on time. And we learn about that even in the Easter story, and even in the story of Lazarus who died. And we sing the song, even though uh, in the world's eyes he was three days late, he was still on time to raise Lazarus. Keeping all of that in mind, we're talking about this Lord, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. And in those early days, it, it came to pass that a, a decree had gone out from Caesar Augustus, the ruler of that day, that all of the world should be taxed. Now we know that in that day and time, the world appeared much smaller to the people. There were continents that were yet apparently unknown to the people who were writing the story about Jesus. There were many things that were not understood because that we didn't have all the modern technology and things that are available in the world today. But the, the known world of that time, the people were called upon to go to pay their taxes. And they would have to go to the city of their ancestral birth. And so Joseph and Mary went up to Galilee to a place called Bethlehem, which ironically means house of bread. And it was there at the house of bread that Jesus became the living bread from heaven manifested in physical form to feed a world that was starving and hungry for God's love. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so traveling with him on this first Christmas Eve was Mary, his engaged wife, his betrothed wife. And they had been engaged for a period of time. And we know that according to the customs and traditions of that time, after a young couple would be uh, go through a formal process of engagement or betrothal, then they would remain separated from one another, sometimes as much as a year before the actual wedding party would begin and before the bridegroom would come to take his bride into the place that had been prepared especially for her. And in those days, that meant that if a young man was being engaged to marry a young lady, that his parents, his grandparents, his close family members would help prepare an extra addition onto the family home. And sometimes that meant that several generations would be living under the same roof. And so during that year or so of engagement, he would be busy preparing a place to um, raise a family to bring his new wife home to. And that all plays into the Gospel of John, chapter 14. And I share this so often, I've shared with many of you in funeral services of loved ones. When Jesus, as a grown man, was getting ready to be crucified, and he went, was getting ready to go back to the Heavenly Father, he said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And that's translated, In the Father's house there are many rooms. 
Jesus was using a something that the people would understand, a figure of speech, understanding that when the family was going to be expanding and when great things were on the horizon, that there would be an extra room built. There would always be room for the children to come home again and to be in the family residence. And so this is what happened. Mary and Joseph had grown up in Nazareth, which is in the hill country. And that day was just a very small village. And Joseph's father was well known as a um, carpenter, as a person who probably dealt more in the carving of stone. He was more of a stonemason than in working with wood, simply because in those days, even as it is today, rocks are very plentiful, stones are plentiful, but often to get the good wood, you would have to go to Lebanon and get the cedars and bring them in. And it was very expensive. But whatever the case may be, uh, Joseph and Mary grew up in that place there, probably following the same uh, occupation that their parents and grandparents had done, and that is learning how to work with your hands as a carpenter. And so we find them traveling together with other family members, but there's one thing going on with Mary and Joseph that the whole group noticed. And that is, while they were yet unmarried, while they were yet engaged, going through this period of time of preparation, that she had become pregnant. She was great with child. She was ready to deliver her child. And so while they were there in Bethlehem, the Bible says the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. It was time for her pregnancy to be fulfilled and time for the baby to be born. And so she brought forth the firstborn son. He was born. And as Isaiah the prophet had said some 400 plus years ago before this happened, they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. They shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And so she wrapped him up in those swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, which was like a probably carved out stone watering trough or feed trough for the animals. Here again, we see some language and some figurative um, actions taking place that would um, prepare the people for maybe 30, 33 years later down the road when this same Jesus would be a grown man and he would be crucified, they would take his body down, and um, he would be wrapped again in swaddling clothes. In those uh, binds of bindings of cloth, and they would wrap the body for burial, for preparation for the grave. So there's so much language here that is figurative and helps us to understand that Jesus came as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, but he's the only king that literally became a baby. As I've said during Advent, many babies had become kings, queens, princes, and princesses, and were born into royalty. But only one king became a child, and that's what happened here. The, the God in heaven became incarnate in the flesh. He formed himself 
as an individual human being just like you and I, and he became one of us. You see, in the Gospels, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Jesus has always been co-eternal with the Father in creation. And the Bible says, Not anything that was created was created without him. For in him we live and move and have our very existence. And so here the firstborn baby was brought forth and laid in a manger. Why? Because there was no room for them in the inn. You know, the inns in that day and time were not like what we think of today as a hotel or a motel or a guest house or an Airbnb. You know, one of the famous things that we've seen over the years, at least years ago, uh, was uh, Motel 6. And their famous slogan, we'll leave a light on for you. Remember that? Well, my friends, I want to tell you that at that humble place in Bethlehem, the light of the world came and has been burning ever since. God left a light on for every one of us in a dark world in a place called Bethlehem where nothing but shepherds were watching the sheep when the glory of the Lord shone about them and brought this good news of a Savior. But there was no room in the end. There was no room for baby Jesus. What happens when you and I do not make room for him in our hearts and in our families and in our homes and in our daily lives? If we're not really careful, he will just vanish or he will appear to be gone. But the good news is he's not really gone at all because you see he's still here. Even though I'm holding this image in my hand, the reality is God is always holding us in his great hand. And so the good news is that no matter how far you may have strayed away from Jesus, he's never really that far from you. And so there was no room for him in the end. I want to make sure on this Christmas day right now, or whenever you're listening to this message, that we all take the time and make room for Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It's so very important that we keep ourselves close to Jesus. You know, the songwriter says, there is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest, near to the very heart of God. But there was no room for them in the inn. You know, it's said by tradition that many times um, people who were traveling to um, other destinations would have relatives in various points along the way. And one of the um, thoughts along this line is that this could have been uh, a place uh, where some of the family members of Joseph or Mary, probably Joseph, lived. And they always had a place in their house, um, much like I have seen even when I was traveling in uh, Austria and in the Alps and in some of the places of the world where the snow really gets deep, deep, deep. And they will have the houses and then the barns will be attached to the house so that in those deep snows of the mountains 
the people will not have to go outside to be able to milk the cows or to take care of the chickens, but they can literally go from the house into another section, which is usually on a lower level, as you could understand, from the main residence, so that all the refuse could be thrown outside and not, it would be downwind rather than upwind from where they were. And it could it be, I'm just using my imagination, and I tell you always that when we read the scriptures, they're always open-ended, and we can always find ourselves in the story somewhere in some of the characters, if not with all the characters. But could it be that maybe they had decided to stay in the house of one of their relatives, and the inn was that place near where the cows stayed, a guest room like the Old Testament people used and called it a prophet's chamber where people could stay for an extended period of time? And could it be that because the family knew him best, realized that Joseph was not truly married to this young lady and they were ashamed and they were embarrassed and they just decided we don't want to be associated with them in this particular occasion. I don't know. You know, when you read the scriptures, you can apply all kinds of different stories and scenarios. But the important thing is God knew their hearts. God knows the things that you and I don't know, and God sees the things that you and I can't see. And if that should be the case, may the Lord help us to never be ashamed of our family members, our children, our loved ones, no matter what they may do in life. You know, they can do all, any kinds of things, whether they be sinful or whether they be uh, criminal or whether they be unethical or whether they just simply be misunderstood. You know, we, we don't know everything. We see through a glass darkly. We don't always understand. But as the songwriter said, we will understand it better by and by. And I think Christmas comes to us to help us understand that God is with us in the very worst of circumstances. For you see, even if Mary knew the truth and pondered these things in her heart, and even though Joseph trusted her, he didn't understand, the people around them did not understand. And you know, it is true. If you know the reality in your own life and that you're pleasing God, uh, it doesn't change the fact that oftentimes people would disown you and people would turn away from you simply because of rumors that they have heard and gossip that has been spread. And I read something recently in a Facebook post, and I wish I had written it down for this message today, and that is, don't ever worry about taking criticism from anybody that you never would consider going to for advice. And that has really struck me and helps me to see that God knows the reality. God knows the truth, even when nobody around us knows. And so there was no room for whatever reason for them in the end on that particular night. But the good news is God was still on the throne. God still was in their story. God still was walking with them. And the Bible says that there were angels in the nearby fields just doing what uh, they do, watching over the people, and the shepherds were there. You know, how many of you know that the Bible says angels uh, look over us, and there are angels for little ones? You know, we talk about um, 
the guardian angels, and there is scriptural basis for that. But the angels are always present. We don't always see them. But on this night, the angels manifested themselves in the sounds of singing and the sounds of praises to the Lord and in the manifestation of a bright and glorious light. And the angels were starstruck. They were in awe, or the shepherds, I should say. The shepherds were starstruck. They were in awe at seeing these shep these um, angels. Help me out here, folks. I struggle a little bit. I get it all in my mind, and it's so easy to get the cart before the horse. But I'm trying to let you know about Christmas t today. How wonderful this story is that we can know it over and over and over again, and we still forget the magic of the story. But the good news is, as the shepherds were there, the angel of the Lord came, and the glory of God shone all about them, and the shepherds were afraid. But that same message came from the angel. Fear not. Do not be afraid. You know, that's the message of Christmas. And did you know that's also the message of Easter? That first Easter morning, when the body of Jesus was no longer there, the angel said, Fear not, be not afraid. And my message to you for this Christmas day is do not be afraid. We live in difficult days. We live in trying times. We live in days when the Bible says men's heart shall fail them for fear. And there's a lot of fear in the world. But I want to tell you that perfect love cast out fear and perfect love was manifested in the perfect life of Jesus Christ at Christmas time. And if you'll keep him near to you, and if you do not allow his presence to um, escape you and you don't wander too far away, remember that he's still watching over you. He's with you. You can't go so far that God can't find you. The psalmist knew that many years ago. He said, even though I ascend to the highest mountain or to the deepest sea, I can never escape the presence of the Almighty. So that's the story of Christmas. And the Bible says there is great joy to all people because of the birth of this little baby. I want to emphasize the word all. I want you to know that God is a God who loves all people. You're not a mistake today, dear friend. You may be listening to my words. You may feel alienated. You may be listening to this message on this Christmas day, and somehow because of who you are or who you love or by choices that you make, you can name the list over and on and on that maybe you have been ostracized and cast aside and rejected by people you love. And you'd love to be with family today, but somehow you're alone and you're separated. I want you to know that the Bible says, and our Lord Jesus said, even when father and mother shall forsake you, the Lord shall take you up. And that's what Christmas is all about today. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves even me. And God is a God who loves all people. He didn't say, come to me, some of you who are weak and troubled and hurting and finding life difficult. He said, come to me, all of you, every one of you. Today, you are an all. God loves you. All people are loved by him. So today, know that Christmas has come to you. The Christmas spirit 
the joy, the peace of Christ, the love, hope, joy, and peace that we've celebrated all through Advent is ours today, wrapped up in the bundle of one person, and that is Jesus Christ, who today, right now, sits at the right hand of the Father, calling you by name, making intercession for you. He loves you, and he says, Come unto me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your soul. God bless you this afternoon. God bless you at whatever time you're hearing this today. But take the message of Christmas and spread it around. And as the songwriter says, go, tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ has come. God bless you, dear friend. Have a very Merry Christmas.